0: Rippey right Writes with Brian Scott Rippy. Transcript can be obtained by drinking a fifth of bourbon, ramming your head through some drywall, and then writing down every thought you have. What's up? I'm Brian Scott Rippy. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Rippy Writes podcast. Today we have Memphis transfer tight end Caden Priestcorn on the show. Great interview. I think you'll enjoy it. We talked a lot about his path to a Miss, how he started as a guy with zero D1 offers, went to a military academy, Barely walked on to Memphis all the way into turning himself into an SEC tight end with potential NFL future as well. We also talked about some life stuff that happened to him along the way. Great guy. I think you'll enjoy the interview. So buckle up before we get to the, the, the I wanted to take a quick break to remind you. The podcast is now brought to you by CSPIR, a new partnership with the Rippy Rights Podcast. Thrilled to bring C Spire on board. The way businesses collaborate is changing. CSPR voice with WebEx gives your organization the tools to stay ahead. Call, meet, and message on any device, anywhere from one secure cloud-based platform. The last few years have shown just how vital remote is remote work is for businesses of all sizes. But you also want to protect your organization from cyber threats. That's why C Spire Voice with WebEx has enterprise-grade security built from the ground up. So you can enhance how your teams work together in and out of the office, all with the reliability and scalability that traditional business phone systems just can't offer. Learn more at C, about what CSpire Voice with WebEx can do for your organization at cspire.com slash business. C Spire customer inspired also check out their home internet i have their home fiber internet it's 2023 you can't be going with bad internet i do the podcast with cspire internet if it went in and out all the time and was not reliable this wouldn't be a very good podcast but thanks to cspire i never have that problem it is the most reliable internet on the market should there an issue arise they'll have a technician come out to your home within 24 hours but it is the most reliable and stable internet on the market. Check them out. C Spire, customer inspired. Podcast is also brought to you by Rent the Sip Oxford. That's right. Rent the Sip Oxford, good friend of the podcast, Bracken Ray. His Turnberry unit located less than a mile from the Ole Miss campus can be your place to stay, whether you're passing through Oxford, whether it's a big game weekend, whether you're there for move-in, orientation, rush. It can be tough to find a place to stay in Oxford, particularly on bigger weekends. Rent the Sips Oxford's Turnberry unit has you covered though. It will Sleep 8 comfortably. It's got amenities such as a pool, sauna, and tennis courts. It's gated. It's great for games, orientation, rush, parents weekend. Still availability for the Mercer, ULM, Vanderbilt football weekend. Still available for orientation. Still available during throughout rush week and still available for moving week. And hey, maybe you just don't want to deal with the hotel and you're passing through Oxford for a night or two randomly. You need to check it out at rentthesipoxford.com. You can go online, check availability if you Listen to this podcast, you can get the Rippy Rights discount. That's a hundred bucks off any two-night stay minimum. So go online, book your stay, type in rippy rights, and you'll get a hundred bucks off a two-night minimum stay. It's a great place to stay, less than a mile from campus. Straight shot to Swayze Field, almost a straight shot to Vault Hemingway, and of course, walkable from the Grove as well. Need to check them out just there off Taylor Road. RenttheSipoxford.com. If you have any questions, feel free to email Bracken B-R- a-C-K-E-N at RentTheSipOxford.com. Book your stay before they fill up because football season is coming up and they will be filling up fast. So that is, once again, RentTheSipOxford.com. All right, here is Ole Miss transfer tight end, Caden Prescorn. All right, we now welcome on Ole Miss tight end, Memphis transfer, Caden Prescorn, gearing up for fall camp. How you doing, my man? Good, how are you? Pretty good. Just uh, pretending to work on a Friday. Um, I appreciate you joining the show. Been looking forward to this uh, for a couple of days. So what's kind of the mode for you right now? You guys start, as we record this on a Friday, start camp next week, as we were talking about before we get recording. What is the preparation for that like? Is it just in- embracing that you're going to sweat a ton? What's it kind of like prepping for it?
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah I'm just getting ready for it. Just getting everything so in just resting right before camp because you know this is this is the time your your body's about to feel the best going to the camp because it's not going to get any better. So, but yeah, just after these these summer workouts just finished up, so I'm kind of just gearing down, just getting ready for the season.
0: What a, your path to Ole Miss is interesting. Obviously, you come from Memphis, but your football journey starts a hell of a lot uh, sooner than that. You're from Michigan originally. Coming out of high school, you were actually a quarterback. Take me through your uh, high school career and your kind of your college options at quarterback. What was that like?
1: Yeah, so yeah, I was a quarterback throughout growing up and in high school as well. So, we won a state championship my junior year and kind of was talking to some schools like some non-power five power five FCS and I had a couple FCS offers, and then I didn't really get get much after my senior year. We didn't have that good of a season's my senior year, so after my senior year, after basketball season, I only had a, like some FCS and a couple D D2, two D twos to play both basketball and football. So my buddy at uh for, my buddy at Orchard Lake St Mary's used a corner. He had a, he had a connection to go to or uh, something to go to Fort Union Military Academy, which is in Virginia. He said he was going there for a post grad year, and I was like, I might as well do that too. So got in contact with him, and I got to to Fort Junior Military Academy for my my prep year. Basically, like a fifth year post grad, and so I went there. I, I did I did well, I did well, but I didn't really like. I broke my foot while I was there, like sixth seventh game. I didn't I didn't really have much, so I didn't really have much after that though. I had like an FCS still. Uh, so then he said he was walking on to Memphis and then he showed him, they showed him my film. They said I could walk on too, whether it was for quarterback, tight end, just really, I just want to play football at this point And I got there and I walked on the 2019 season, walked on and then went right to the tight end and just, just kept progressing throughout the, throughout the, that. And then, yeah, that's how I got to Memphis.
0: And so that's fascinating, the, your decision to go to the military academy for a prep year out of high school. You had mentioned you'd had some FCS offers, and D2 offers. Was the decision to go to the military academy, is that holding out hope to get to the FBS level? Because obviously, I mean, look, FCS, not a bad level of football at all. And then you choose the prep school route. Was that where you just trying to get to a bigger school? What was kind of the what went into the decision there? Are you just holding out hope?
1: Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, basically just to get to a bigger, bigger university. And really, it's also like another year to develop your body and stuff and just develop your mind and everything. So yeah, definitely. That was one of the main reasons was to get to the power five level or FES level.
0: And in in a lot of ways, that's one hell of a sacrifice in having some faith in yourself and betting on yourself that you're going to ultimately be able to do that. What is that environment like? Because you go from, I imagine, just a pretty normal high school experience playing quarterback as a high school quarterback to like a military academy setting. Are you like doing drills and stuff? What was the structure like there?
1: there? Yeah, there was a lot of structure. You can like your hair had to be shorter. You had no facial hair. Like all this, like all, we did all the steps, but it probably wasn't that serious. But we still had to get up early, march to breakfast as a whole unit, as a whole, because it was like a just a football team, like the post grad football team. We'd march to breakfast. We'd, after breakfast, we'd march back. we'd, We'd have to clean our room, make sure our room's all clean, stuff like that. Then we'd go salute the flag. Then we'd go to class. It was like a daily schedule every day throughout the whole entire day for, Four or five months, no cell phone, so nothing, no really technology. So yeah, it was pretty serious.
0: That's wild. And like for for me, I would 18-year-old me going into setting with that kind of structure. One, I probably needed it, but two, I would have taken some adjusting because I I was a disaster as a freshman in college. You mentioned like the no cell phone piece of it, just with the military and all that. Did you have a moment where like, did I make the right decision here? I'm at a military academy in Virginia. Like no phones got to get the hair cut, clean the room, marching and all that. Was there a moment where you're like, did I make the right call here?
1: Yeah, definitely. definitely two weeks in i was I was rethinking my decision, but but now looking back for it, I feel like that was the best thing that that's ever happened to me going there.
0: What's the competition like there? Like, what other schools are you playing? Is it a pretty high level of football? Like I, that's one level of football I know next to nothing about is kind of that prep environment. What was the competition like?
1: So we play some, like, other prep schools. We play, like, JUCO teams, a couple of JUCO teams we play. Like, some teams, like, FCS teams have, like, a JV team. Like, Wagner University, they have a D2 – D two D two. I mean, uh, a JV team. Like, some of those – like, the, the Naval Academies have a JV team. Or they might not now, but at least a couple years back, four or five years back, they did. Uh, uh, um, we played, like, D2 JV teams, D3 JV teams. So just teams like that, but yeah, we had, we had a, we actually had a really good team. We ended up we went I think we went nine and now eight now, so it was pretty awesome.
0: And at that point, you're still playing quarterback, right? The tight end thing has not come in the picture yet.
1: Yeah, I'm still playing quarterback the whole time.
0: I pulled up a high school an article that some local media outlet wrote about you in high school that called you lanky but low key in the headline when i saw you and went and played golf that was not my first impression my first impression was just damn this is a big ass dude were you lanky back then is that an accurate description did you add weight what was uh what was kind of your profile from a physical standpoint like coming out of high school
1: yeah i was probably like about the same same height but i was like 215 so i was really i was skinny skinny quarterback i just gained just gained a bunch of weight since i've gotten in the in the college weight rooms
0: was there a lot of pressure on you that year? You mentioned breaking your foot. It's not like a JUCO where you know you have the second year option if you need it. Was that what was it like handling that? Because you know you only have X amount of games to kind of get on film, get on coaches' radars. You get cut short with the foot injury, and you know you just have the one year. And then, hey, I got to figure out something else here. Was that difficult for you to handle? Was there pressure associated with that?
1: Oh uh, yeah, I feel not really pressure. It was just. I was really just looking for an, op- an opportunity to get to the, the next level, any way possible. But it was it was tough because got seasons cut short, and still didn't have the the option I wanted after the after after the season. But really just kept my head down and just whatever, whatever I was ready for, it, whatever whatever opportunity was to come ahead. So yeah, so yeah, I was just. Yeah, so I was just couldn't wait for the opportunity.
0: So you get to Memphis. You mentioned you walk on in 2019. Was that your only FBS opportunity? Like, as soon as you heard about that, did you leap at it? Because as you mentioned earlier, that was clearly the goal to get to that level of football. Were you – I know you had other options, probably a little bit better from the immediate future standpoint, maybe at, like, the FCS level. Was that your only FBS offer, and how quick of a decision was that once you received it?
1: Yeah, as soon as I – Got the opportunity that I could walk on to Memphis. I jumped on it and took it right away. Uh, yeah, so as soon as I got it, I took it right away and just, I just, I was just looking forward for to the opportunity just to show, showcase my abilities.
0: Had you ever been to Memphis? Had you spent any time in the South? Did you know much about what you were walking into?
1: No, I knew nothing. I knew nothing about Memphis. Never visited. Never even been to Tennessee until that that point.
0: You go to, through high school. You go to the prep route, and then you walk on that first year, and you don't play any. At that point, what it kind of what is your mindset at that point? And take me through kind of the position shift to tight end. When did that happen?
1: Yeah. So as soon as I got there, so I got I had a weird way to get there because like they had a lot of roster spots filled up, so I didn't get there. Twenty nineteen, I didn't get there like fifth game during the season. Uh. So, yeah, so like fifth game during of the season, I didn't get there. So, so I walked on like right after, I think the Navy week 2019, and I went right to scout team, just scout team tight end. I knew I had a lot of development because I switched over positions, 220 pounds when I, well, I think right when I got on the team, right, right around then. So, I knew I needed develop really a lot of development in the weight room to help transition my game over to a tight end. So I knew it was going to take time. So I just kept my head down and went to work.
0: You mentioned not getting there until later, until around the fifth game of the season. Is that some, what was the holdup there? Was that something where, you know, I know you mentioned you'd gotten the walk on opportunity, but was that not a certain thing when you first arrived at Memphis? What was kind of the holdup that uh, prevented you from joining until later in the season?
1: So I was going to early enroll after Fork Union, but with my foot injury, I was just holding off. Just just to see if I'd get anything else, or to see, or just really just to stay stay close to home and just get it rehab and get it worked on, uh, and let it rest. But yeah, just and I was supposed to get there in the summer. Something I think too many people filled up, and I didn't get to you know, fifth game during the season twenty nineteen.
0: And clearly at that point, like, they don't know what exactly you are as a football player. It sounds like in some respects, you're not even positive kind of what you're going to be as a football player. Why do you think they took you? What do you think they saw in you?
1: I feel like just the size and the athletic ability, really mostly like the size and seeing the quarterback background and stuff like that, I feel like that helped out as well.
0: Was it a little bit of a reality check going to scout team tight end five games into the season? That's a totally different position, not quite as glamorous in some aspects as the quarterback. Was that a bit of a culture shock for you? That position switch in the middle of the season going straight to scout team. I imagine that transition wasn't easy.
1: Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it was not because you're going to block people five, four years older than you. that's way more development Been playing the position a lot longer than you. And, and it's, you're just trying to figure out how to get into the stance. So yeah, it was definitely challenging at first, but just kept, like I said, just kept my head down, just, just kept working to get better, strive to get one percent better each day.
0: What was the what was it like learning the nuances of tight end? Because clearly, you're a huge athletic guy. You mentioned you're a basketball player. I don't think the whole catching the football and going up and getting it was probably much of an issue for you. What was the most difficult part about learning what the tight end position actually is?
1: I feel like the most, dis- like, difficult part was probably, like, the transition in my body, like, the blocking aspect most likely because I never played defense really in my whole life. There's a quarterback. The the, the catching ability you most likely most – it basically came from basketball because I played basketball growing up my whole life. My pa- both my parents played college basketball. So that aspect, I feel like, was more e- – that side was more easier to me. It was most likely the, the blocking aspect and just – Really, that helped with gaining strength in the weight room over time.
0: You mentioned never really playing defense, being a quarterback for most all of your life. To that point, was there was there any piece of you when you got to the blocking aspect, You're like, hey, I gotta hit people all the time, and I don't always run out for passes. This shit kind of sucks. Like, how did you learn to enjoy the blocking and the less glamorous side of it?
1: Yeah, it was it was different at first, but got used to it. I kind of, I'm starting to like it more and more. Honestly.
0: Is it was the actual schematic piece of it easy for you? Because as a quarterback, I mean, just the most cerebral position on the field, you have to know not only what your reads are and what you're doing, but I imagine most every other piece of the offense on a given play. It sounds like it may have been more the technique than the actual what do I do on this play? Did you figure your background as a quarterback make that transition either easier on just the sheer aspect of I know what to do on every play and I can pick up a playbook pretty quickly?
1: Yeah, that's what. That's one of the things that helped me, when I, especially my registered freshman year when I got on the field because I, I knew what I was doing every play and I knew the offense. For being in it not that long, I understood, like, what the – I understand what the quarterback's thinking. I know what I'm doing. I know how to line up quickly. Just a little, little stuff like that. That def, that quarterback side definitely helped me early in college early, – my early years in, in college football. But, yeah, that's definitely helped me. That definitely helps my game out today, too, just being like a second quarterback on the field, stuff like that.
0: You already had a pretty long journey to get to an FBS and major college program to that point. You get off the scout team as a walk-on after the 2019 season, and then this whole global pandemic thing happens, where for a while I imagine you're like, are we going to play? What's this actually going to look like? How did you navigate that? Because you feel like you're almost at the point where you're finally kind of coming into your own, you know what you are as a football player, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, damn, we might not have a season. What was it like navigating that?
1: Yeah, it was tough because I feel like I needed that. This, the spring football to showcase what I could do. So I didn't get to have spring football that year. And I didn't – When we we didn't know if we were going to have a season going – like we got back on campus going through those COVID workouts. We didn't know if we were going to have a season. So – but then we got to camp. They said we were going to have a season. Uh, But, yeah, so I was like the last one on my depth chart going to my rest of your freshman year. So I didn't really have – so I really – did the opportunity in the spring, but then I just worked my way up through my rest of your freshman year and just end up playing at the end of it.
0: And throughout all that, as you go into that weird fall where it's just really kind of a chaotic scene across college football because of the pandemic, what was your status with Memphis at that point? I know you were a walk-on, but, like, did you have any guarantees that, hey, I'm going to dress, I'm going to play? Like, did you know where you really stood as far as the football program was concerned going into that 2020 season?
1: No, so I just I think I was like one of the last the depth chart my redshirt freshman year because like I said we didn't have a spring ball so I didn't showcase what I could do but I really actually had a really good camp my redshirt freshman year at Memphis made a lot of plays and I was like I had four older dudes in front of me so I was like riding on fifth string so I was like am I gonna travel or not but the they actually traveled me every game that year even like even the first five six games where I didn't play just up with them, learning the offense, kind of still helping out on scout team. So I was kind of with the offense on scout team my rest of freshman year. Still a walk on it at this point. But then I got to play – we played Stephen F. Austin, fifth or sixth game, got a couple snaps there. And the people were opting out, I think sixth, seventh game versus Tulane. People were opting out, didn't know if they were going to play. But I got like three snaps versus Tulane. And the next week – we played Houston and two of our dudes opted out or didn't opt out. Just like weren't, wasn't that practice stuff like that. I've been the last two weeks had a good, like I had a good three plays versus two Wayne, like those three plays I was in next week. I had a good week of practice. And then Houston week, I went in second possession of the game with the 12 personnel and, and then, the starter actually got hurt that game, so I had to end up having three catches and one on the final drives. It's really kind of helped me gain experience in college football and just just know what, what I could do. It kind of helped me gain confidence.
0: That's actually pretty crazy. I never thought about it from that aspect. That one of the many things that I've forgotten about what a crazy year that was, too – is like with games getting moved and the season extending into like mid-December often for some teams, like dudes were dropping like flies left and right, whether they're opting out for their professional future or they're just not having a good year and they're like, hey, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. That seemingly, it sounds like, actually helped you get on the field. Like that was a little bit of a blessing in disguise.
1: Yeah, definitely. It definitely was. and definitely helped me so, get opportunity in the coach's eye and stuff like that.
0: And you mentioned uh, you, you ran through kind of your path to actually getting on the field all the way up to that Houston game to playing, and then all of a sudden you, you look around and I've gone from the bottom of the depth chart to I'm a starter. Did you have a moment throughout that year, whether it was playing in those couple snaps or to the Houston game, wherever it was, where you're like, okay, I'm good enough to do this. I can make it as a tight end. Like, I'm actually good at this. Did you have a moment like that?
1: Yeah, definitely. I feel like two-lane game, just playing those couple of plays, I was like, I'm I'm still a younger dude right now, but I feel like I have the tools that could turn out to be a pretty solid, pretty good tight end, and that helped me gain confidence. And just I just knew how to keep working to working my all around skill set.
0: And so you're obviously a regular contributor on the offense for that 2021 season. Your redshirt sophomore year, you play in all 12 games. You catch a few passes. But from just like a sheer being on the radar, being on the map standpoint, I wouldn't say you were quite there yet. After that twenty twenty one season, I figure you're a hell of a lot more confident. You know you have a role on the team, but could you have predicted the breakout season that came the next year? Did you have any inkling that twenty twenty two could have turned into what it did for you?
1: Uh, yeah, I feel like that that twenty twenty. I think twenty was it twenty twenty one the season of my freshman sophomore year. I feel like. Yeah. That kind of helped me, like, gaining experience in all those games and playing – I was behind a really good player, Sean Dykes. He was a tight end ahead of me the, the, for two years. Uh, just learning from him, seeing what he could do in the offense and stuff like that, and seeing how that, that offense fits tight ends. I I felt like going into the next season, I felt like I just had to have a good offseason – have a good offseason in the weight room, just on the – just – workouts on the field and stuff like that to help gain confidence going into the the season. I feel like I did that, and I just – I had a good camp. I just – I was ready. I was just ready for the season. I just
0: – whatever
1: they asked of me, I was going to do, and just kept my head down. and Just whatever came to me, I was going to try to make a play or if I had to block somebody or do whatever. I just – I'm more of a team player, so.
0: Was that, you know, that a I- – Was that year, did you feel like a lot of life got thrown at you last year? Because you are not that far, when you start the season last year, you're not that far removed from being that scout team tight end that that barely got onto the Memphis roster, to all of a sudden you're an immensely productive player who now are kind of getting looks from, you know, Power 5 schools, and also you're kind of getting on NFL radars. I feel like that happened all at one time pretty fast. Did you feel the same way? Well, how did you handle that?
1: Yeah, definitely. I definitely feel like it went fast. It's been college has been going by fast and it's been it's happened fast, but definitely.
0: Did you at what point did you kind of know you you maybe could play somewhere else beyond Memphis and that you had an NFL future? Like did was it a scout talking to you? Like when did all that become on the radar? It's like, hey, not only did I make it from a walk-on in a uh, FBS program, but like I could have a future in this at a higher level and then even potentially play pro football. When did you come to that realization?
1: probably right after the season, right when everything started to cool down. But I I knew I had a good season, so I knew people like scouts would be asking about me or stuff like that. Just, yeah, I didn't – I was really just focused on the season last year and right when it ended I had conversations about what I should do and ultimately made a decision up.
0: So yeah, to enter the portal, right? That's what I was gonna ask you. Yeah. Next. When did you come to the decision to enter the portal? Did you finish the 2022 season at Memphis thinking you were going to play elsewhere next year?
1: No, I, I didn't until right after the season. I was just really focused on our season, our bowl game. We won our we won the bowl game, but I didn't know what I was gonna do future wise until after the season.
0: We'll get back to Caden in just a second, but I wanted to take a quick break to remind you. Podcast is brought to you by Skybox Sports Picks. Who is Skybox Sports Picks? Well, glad you asked. The world's best gambling handicapping website. The inventors of the Skybox Matrix Interval, An advanced modeling mechanism that has helped propel Skybox to the top of the sports handicapping industry. Football season coming up. Go ahead and sign up for Skybox's. NFL and college football picks. If you're into gambling, you're never going to profit in the long run based off of just your own brain and your own leans before kickoff. Skybox are the professionals. All you have to do is sign up. You can try it for a day, a week, a month. You can go all season. I'd recommend the year-long VIP pass. You can try it for all sports, one particular sport, whatever it may be. You sign up, use the promo code Rippy R-I-P-P-E-E. That'll get you 20% off and they'll send you a picks package in a nice color-coded spreadsheet categorized by unit, and boom, you're more equipped to profit than you were by not using Skybox Sports Picks. They're the only way to profit in the long run. They're the professionals. They've done it year after year, improving themselves to profit, to make their clients a profit year after year. Check them out, skyboxsportspicks.com. Podcast is also brought to you by LB's University Avenue. Go see Greg if you're a Rippy Right subscriber. That's RippyRights.substack.com. Get a free newsletter from me and discounted meats right now. The deal is three six-ounce bacon wrap fillets for 20 bucks, That's about a $40 valuation. You're getting there for 20 bucks. Just go show Greg proof of subscription. He'll get you set up. Then go find all your own favorites. They have all kinds of delicious cuts of meat, outstanding sausages, fresh seafood. It's the greatest butcher shop in the world. Truly a crown jewel of the town of Oxford. If you haven't been to LB's, you're missing out. Prime grilling season. It's hot outside. Go throw something delicious on the grill and get it from LB's. LB's, University Avenue. There in Oxford. All right, back to Caden. kind of crazy for you because you I mean, you three years ago or whatever, you're at uh, a military academy, and then all of a sudden, a bunch of Power Five schools want you. What was? How did you? You probably had never really been recruited that like that in your whole life. It all happens in a short amount of time, too. And the recruiting pitch for transfers is very different. What was that process like for you? Was it enjoyable? I imagine it had to be a little bit of a whirlwind.
1: Yeah, definitely. It was definitely. Especially the first day, getting all those phone calls, like 50-plus phone calls the first day in the transfer portal. Because I hit it later, too. A lot of people hit it right when the deadline happened. So a lot of people already had their guys, but still getting that many phone calls that late is pretty crazy.
0: Is part of that overwhelming? I talked to Isaac Ukwu last week or week before last And he mentioned, and he's had a little bit of a similar path to you, but he mentioned, he's like, I got to a point where I just asked all the coaches, like I've heard everything I need to hear. Like, please no more contact for a couple of days. I'm going to hunker down and finally make a decision. Like uh, you mentioned all the phone calls and them constantly hitting you up. And it's a good thing that they want you, but like, did you kind of hit a point where it's like, look, I've heard everything I need to hear. Like, I just need to hunker down and make a decision here.
1: Yeah, definitely. I got down to like four schools. It was Miami, Louisville, Oregon and Ole Miss, those four, got down to those four.
0: Obviously, the natural question next is what led you to choose Ole Miss other than the other three?
1: Just Oxford itself being here, the people. I felt like when I was here on my visit, uh, Coach Kiffin, really how he's had success with tight ends in the past at Alabama, even at FAU. Uh, uh, even, Even here he had some success as well. Just the opportunity they have for me. And I feel like Coach Baker's awesome, my tight ends coach, and that kind of led me here. And it just almost itself. I feel like it's just so unique.
0: What was the recruiting pitch like for you? Because I think one of the things from talking to enough players is that a lot of them really resonate and appreciate with Kiffin and his staff's pitch toward transfers. And I think some of that is with his NFL background. Because with transfers, the kind of the the you're older in age. Clearly, you've gone through the recruiting process in some form before. It sounds like that the glitz and glamour of, like, the photo shoots and all that is kind of put on the back burner, and it's more so here's how we plan to use you or here's how we plan to make you a better football player and win while doing it. What was his recruiting pitch like, and why was that appealing to you? Yeah,
1: yeah, kind of what you said, just, like, how we'd use you. Like, yeah, kind of like how we'd use you. Here's how we use you on the offense and stuff like that. Yeah, it's kind of not not so much of the pictures and all that stuff. It's more of the the other side, the football side of it. But, yeah, definitely.
0: I know you have a very important year ahead, and you're bracing for the upcoming season that's going to get started here in a month and a half. But does part of you ever kind of reflect back and think, like, holy cow, I've kind of come a long way here. Like, this was the plan – from what I started out, this is what I ultimately wanted to do, but having that plan and actually achieving it are two different things. Do you ever reflect back and kind of think about just how far you've come as a football player?
1: Yeah, definitely. Just going walking on to Memphis as a 225 quarterback. Don't even know if you're going to ever, people don't know if you're ever even going to play here and just over, overcoming a lot and just working your way up the depth chart, working your way up all over the place and just, Seeing how far I've came has been truly a
0: blessing. What was uh? Did you enjoy Memphis the three years you were there? What's like? I've never, I've never actually asked someone this, but like I've always found it interesting. What's it like going to college in a big city? Because like I never experienced that. Obviously, Ole Miss is a small town. What's it like being a football player in a college, but in like a major city?
1: It's uh It's awesome. I feel like a lot of the the Memphis fans are loyal to Memphis. A lot of I feel like a lot of more Grizzlies fans that they, because the Grizzlies are kind of different with the, major sports team in your, in your, in the city, but it was awesome. The fans are awesome. I, I loved it there. I have relationships that will last forever there, but yeah, I have nothing but good things about Memphis. I
0: have a theory that's totally not backed in science, that the Liberty bowl is either the hottest place on earth or the coldest, and there's no in between. Did you experience that too, or am I just nuts?
1: <laughs> it definitely gets hot there, especially September, early August.
0: Yeah, I remember when I was still a reporter, I was covering a game there in 2019. I think we may have actually talked about this, but I was like, it's like 100 outside. It's at least 115 on the field. And then they're just like wheeling this tiger around in a cage. And I was like, am I having a heat stroke? Like, what, what is actually going on here? That may have been the hottest I've ever been at a football game. It's a turf field, right? I imagine that had to be difficult early in the season.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it was turf field. It's definitely difficult. I feel like it's a tough place to play. A lot of people don't like going there and playing.
0: It is certainly a tough place to play that has given Ole Miss some trouble in the past. That is for sure, most namely 2015. And, of course, again, again I guess in 2019. What's it like for a northern guy in the Midwest handling this kind of heat? Did you have a moment where you're just like, what the hell is this? Like, I knew I'd been hot before, but not, nothing like this. What was that like getting adjusted to?
1: Yeah, it was it was different at first because in Michigan, the summers, you're 80, 70. But I feel like, uh, what sixty down here feels like eighty in Michigan. So it's different. But the The humidity down here is definitely different. Definitely took me a couple of years to get used to.
0: It's a decent trade off though, because you obviously don't have the winters as well. Like I imagine you didn't have to bring any snow equipment down to Memphis from you. What is the trade off like there? Do you like the cold weather, or you like being in the south and not having to deal with snow all the time?
1: Yeah, I lo- I love the winters here because I can wear shorts all. Pretty much all year round, you wear short. <laughs> Even when it's 30, it's, I still feel like I can wear shorts.
0: Yeah, it's almost like your bones get colder. Because like 30, I'm freezing and not wanting to go outside. But like people in the north are like, this is absolutely nothing. Like it's almost just like your body temperature, your blood or something that rains colder. Because have you ever had a day down south, you're like, all right, it's actually cold here?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think a couple of years ago, it snowed. And I was like, yeah, it was definitely cold when it's the snow, or when it's windy a little bit, you definitely feel the wind.
0: What's it been like for you coming into Ole Miss as an older guy in the tight end room? I know they have some younger talent at the position, too. They had some turnover there as well. What's it been like for you as an older guy playing your final year of college football, but also being the new guy at the same time? How have you kind of handled that balance?
1: Well, I feel like it's been awesome just trying to help grow the room as a whole, just whether it's on the f- – whether it's on the field, off the field, just giving up my input and just helping out the younger or even the the other, the other my other teammates in the room, but yeah, it's been awesome so far. I've loved every minute of it. I can't wait to go get get the camp with all with all of them.
0: Uh, I have a litany of bad ideas that you probably shouldn't execute during the season, but you told me you're a basketball player. Trig is also a basketball player. You have to be able to dunk. Could y'all have a dunk off or a contest at some point?
1: <laughs> definitely he might he might i'm not i can dunk it but he might he might get me a little bit
0: <laughs> yeah don't you mean what did you play in basketball like were you like a at six six like are you a high school center what did you what position did you play i played like four so i actually brought it up like
1: mostly every play uh basically ran i was our guard
0: okay so could you shoot
1: yeah, I was I was a pretty good shooter. I was more of just a distributor, okay, bringing it up, assistant.
0: I like that. So as as you kind of hit this final year, what do you personally and collectively want to get out of this year? Because it's the transfer piece of it is interesting to me because there's really no like you know long term plan for you here. You have this one year left. What do you kind of want to get out of this year, both you know personally and collectively as a team?
1: Really just try to win the West, obviously, as a team. But yeah, really just do whatever I can to help contribute to the team, whether it's catching the ball, blocking special teams, just do whatever to help the team win. And just yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: You're uh you're kind of where you're at in life is also fascinating to me too, because you just recently got married, which congratulations to you on that. You also have a son. I am 28. I am still not married yet, and I do not have any kids that I know of. So, like, you were already more responsible than me at 23 years old. How does that being in that phase of life kind of change the way you approach college football? Does it affect it at all? Because I don't know, it's just not as common. You seem to be in a little bit different phase of life than some of your teammates. Does that help you at all? Does it change anything with the way you approach college football?
1: I say a little bit. My mind, I feel like my mindset's a little bit different than I've ever. Different than others because I've, have, I have to support my son in all aspects, whether it's
0: financially and that
1: stuff, and just I feel like I've had to grow up a lot sooner than others. Just I just feel like like the little stuff. I'm like I'm never late, never do any, never don't do anything bad off the field, nothing like that. Just stuff like that really just just really want to be a role model to him so that's kind of helped me grow all over the place
0: as being a father i been an added source of motivation for you because you mentioned supporting your son a lot of that is obviously what you ultimately do as far as a job and hopefully it's a long and healthy career in the nfl but like does that given you any added motivation having a child to provide for
1: oh yeah definitely gives me extra extra motivation because because I've, he's my world now, and I have to provide for him. So, yeah, definitely, it's been. He definitely gave me tons of motivation.
0: Um, as we wrap up here, how was the wedding? Do you have any advice? Did everything go pretty <laughs> smoothly? What uh, what what was that like?
1: Yeah, it was. It was. I had, we had so much fun. I was just glad my all my family got to come down. Uh, her family got to be there. It was. It was exciting and fun. Some of the Ole Miss players got to be there. Memphis players, so we all had a blast.
0: That's awesome. What do you do with the wedding ring when you're playing football? Do you go the rubber ring route? Do you just go no ring? I imagine wearing gloves. What is that situation like? Because our, our my buddy Porter, when we were playing golf, is like, I've never played golf with a wedding ring on. This is kind of weird. What do you do with it when you're on the football field?
1: Uh, yeah, just the rubber. I've I've been wearing the rubber one. The rubber okay.
0: The, uh, the, the 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 actual gold band, that would be a no-go, right? Like, you'd have a referee take that off of you pretty quickly, correct? Yeah,
1: no, no, yeah, that'd be a no-go. It'd probably be hard to – yeah, it just wouldn't feel so good.
0: What do you think is your best aspect as a tight end, now that you got three or four years under your belt as a position? What do you like doing the most, and what do you think your strengths are?
1: I feel like my strengths are – I feel like catching the football. That's one of my biggest strengths, just – That's always my – I feel like my best aspect throughout college football is when the ball comes to me. Like, I'm going to catch it or do it like nobody else is going to catch it. I feel like that's been my my biggest strength. And also, like, kind of like the IQ aspect, just the quarterback aspect, just knowledge of the game, seeing coverage when I'm out there, stuff like that. But even the blocking aspect, I feel like I've gotten tremendously better over the last four and a half years. Still improving on it a little bit, but it's definitely – it's definitely helped me. I've definitely grown grown throughout my years of college.
0: Have you grown to like blocking? Because now you're 250. You added the weight to the frame. You're obviously probably not at any sort of mismatch uh, regarding that. Have you learned to kind of enjoy some aspects of the blocking side of it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I am I enjoy it more and more every time I do it.
0: I imagine that just comes from smashing folks. It's like, hey, I'm bigger and stronger now, so I'm actually winning these things It's more fun
1: yeah that that's definitely one thanks to it
0: that's awesome that was uh that was about all i had for you dude um what's the golf game going to be like in season i imagine you guys don't get out to the course much Is was that kind of uh one of your last two rods do you put the clubs away how often do you kind of get out and play year round
1: yeah i probably won't be able to get out, probably won't get out too much during football season maybe one one time maybe i don't know maybe try to hit the range or something maybe hit half a bucket of balls but yeah, I probably won't be able to get out too much. Just focus on the season, get ready. Just do whatever I can to help help win games.
0: I've seen you hit the driver. We would be hell on wheels in a scramble. So please keep that in your back pocket if any uh opportunities ever come up. I think we could uh <laughs> we, we could absolutely wreck some folks. Um last thing I have for you is what do you think? You know, you this journey's been a long one for you. I know you've played at Memphis, you played in some big stadiums, what do you think it'll be like running out? of the tunnel the first time in an SEC stadium as a member of an SEC football team.
1: Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be a little bit different, but I, I can't wait, honestly. It's going to be... I'm just, I'm just going to enjoy every minute of it.
0: He is Caden Priestcourt. I appreciate the time, my man. This is great stuff. Maybe we'll do it again sometime, but thank you for joining the show.
1: Thank you, no problem.
0: That'll do it for our show today. Football is back. We're going to have Weldon Rodenberg Come on to preview fall camp, probably on Wednesday, somewhere Wednesday afternoon. Probably see the pod Thursday after Lane Kiffin's fall camp introductory press conference. I got to quit calling it that preseason camp. There's nothing fall about it, but hey, old habits die hard. So we'll have that for you. Got a couple more interviews in the works, hopefully for later in the week. So uh, we're getting back into the swing of things. I would declare this the first week of summer dead period officially being over and getting back into a routine as we count down toward the football season. So if that doesn't excite you, I don't know what will. Got a little bit more for you coming later this week. Stay tuned and thank you for listening as always.